0: Here we go. Thanks for joining us again, Live Dominion Sonship. We have a message, and um, it will not be so much in the stream of where we have been in terms of Hebrews chapter 11, but it will really be coming into certain core moments that without this really, we wouldn't be able to understand uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I believe that uh, my son, when he did a recap, either last Sunday or the Sunday prior. And in his New Living Translation, he looked up uh, how many times the word in faith, by faith, through faith. In, in just that one chapter 11 of Hebrews, it was like 16 times it was mentioned, 16 times. And we're talking regarding the great exploits that the hearers of faith Did starting off, of course, we read about Abel and then we did Enoch and carried on into Noah. And then um, from there on, the writer of the book of Hebrews will go into Abraham. We're not going to go to Abraham at this moment unless the Lord leads us at some point. But I wanted to talk about the light of knowing him, the light of knowing him. The light of knowing him. We're talking about a knowledge, an understanding. We're talking about an ability to comprehend that is not of mere human understanding. That is not of mere human uh, study. It's not of carnal intellect. It is not of connecting the dots. Although, although, um, a revelation, a light of understanding of God, it can, you can look back in your life and you can connect some dots of how he led you deeper into him. I can look at my own life. I didn't know what GOD meant until I was like 22. And, uh, I, and I had this night vision and I saw Jesus on the cross. I knew he was the son of God. He died for me and I became born again. I woke up my roommate um, and I said, Jesus indeed is the son of God. I became born again and, and my life became brand new, a total transformation, a brand new vision. But I can look back to that particular moment uh, from the inception of my life and I can see the hand of God. Not that I knew it with a carnal human understanding, but looking back now with the eyes of faith, I can see how he led me But really, what I'm going to talk about right now is it's beyond connecting the dots. It has nothing to do with you understanding with human intellect, God. It is about a knowing of your heart. And I'm not talking about the physical pump. It is about a... An eagerness to know God that is of the Holy Spirit. And so really what we're going to talk about is a working of the Holy Spirit. Not so much the personhood of the Spirit, but how he leads us and discloses this divine information that we call revelation. And so the title, my title is The Light, The Light the light of knowing Him. We know that God is light. We know that He abides in... Inapproachable light, Paul tells Timothy. We know that he is, he is the father of light. We know that he spoke light be and light was. We know that he put the, the, the sun and the moon in the sky and the stars. We, we know that he is the, he is, he emanates light. He is light. He is, he is divine. He is divine, he is divine, he is, di- oh, uh, he, he, he is God. He is light and he is a love, His light is love, and His love is light, and he's beyond human comprehension. Who can know God without divine revelation? Only by the Holy Spirit can we know God today. And so, this was Paul's earnest prayer, we see it in Ephesians, we see it in Colossians, we see it everywhere, we see it everywhere in Galatians, we see every writing that Paul wrote regarding revelation, revelation knowledge, and particularly I want to look at the word epignosis. Epignosis, it's the Strong's 1922, and we'll break it down, epignosis, Um and so let's go to Ephesians one. It's a bit more familiar, but let's tune out the familiarity that we have in the Word of God, because we really have to, we really have to come back to this brand new understanding of a moment that is that we're in right now, that is part of the plan of, of God, that is part of the trajectory that the Word of God has already laid out for for this for this for this whole existence of the universe. And we need eyes to be enlightened again. So take away the familiarity you have with the word and don't just finish off by parroting and quoting what I'm reading, but open up your heart today and read with me. Read with me in the manner that Holy Ghost is moving Paul to write. And it's in this manner of being found faithful in the love of God. It's in this, in this moment of Paul giving thanksgiving to God for, for these beloved servants of the Most High God, that the Christians that are found in Ephesus, that have endured much persecution and they're going under great persecution in Ephesus. And so Paul writes, and you can see this overflow of thanksgiving and love that he has for his brethren in Ephesus, and, and this, is, this is towards us as well. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, after he has heard the good report of their acts of faith, of their acts of love, after he's heard this good testimony of the saints in Ephesus, of having withstood such intensity. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I I don't stop thanking God for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Thanking God that there is a remnant. Thanking God that there is a grouping of people that still believe the living God. That are still found found faithful to the commandment of God. How rare that can be. And so you can see this heart of thanksgiving that Paul has heard the good report of his brethren. You know, Timothy was the pastor in Ephesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Look, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, put it in the context, he's praying to God, our Heavenly Father, making mention of these faithful brethren. Thanking God for them, and asking God to unveil their hearts even more. It's the ultimate blessing of God to walk in revelation. It's not something you must do, and if you don't do it, you're just bad, bad, bad. You need more revelation. You're so bad. No! You've come this far with God. We've come this far with God. And Paul is continuing to pray for our eyes to be opened. The never-ending unveiling of our living God, the eternal life of God, it's never-ending. You don't ever come to a moment of exhausting your knowing of who your heavenly loving God is. God is love. Do you know Him as love today? And if you struggle with knowing Him as love, God loves me. God loves me right when I've messed up. His love is there to rescue me again. Right when I'm condemning myself because I should have done something I thought I should have known better to do. His love is there to pick me up. Do you know love? Do you know God as love? Well, we pray that the eyes of our understanding be opened up to his mighty love. And the three things that His a would narrow down in this prayer, the revelation was required to know this working of love. It's to do with a demonstration of the love of God towards his man and woman. The hope of his glory, of the calling of the Lord. I think I think the New Living talks about the confidence of His calling. Are you confident that you're called of God? How does Boris that verse, verse 18, that you may know what is the hope of His calling? Yeah, to read it to me. I pray- will be flooded with life so that you can understand the confident hope that yeah. he has given to those who has followed his holy people who are in virgin blood that's it yeah. confident hope how that he has prayed for what was it again how does he line it up to the confident hope part that your heart will be flooded with Yes, so that you can understand the confident hope that you may understand light of revelation to understand this Confident hope that we have. (laughs) Unshakable, non-disappointing hope. Living hope that we cannot be without hope today. And if we don't know this living hope and do not have a full assurance, confidence of hope, then that's why we need more, this uh, opening of our understanding. So let's go back to 17 making mention, he says, he finishes off 16, in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you or may grant you, may give you the spirit of wisdom. That word wisdom is Sophia. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. Revelation required in the knowledge. And this is the word epignosis. In the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding. And that's the eyes of your heart. cardia. I believe it's in the Greek word. And it doesn't refer to your natural human heart. But the center of your desire. That the eyes of your heart be enlightened, be flooded with light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what we just read in the New Living, the confidence of this divine hope. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that you know that he has given you his glory already. That he's sharing his glory with you today. That you are his glorious creation on earth. Brand new creation of God and you bear his image and you carry his glory. The body of Christ is a demonstration of the riches of his glory. Do you know that today that you are demonstration of the glory of God? Well, more revelation is required to walk in the fullness of it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Dunamis, that mighty, the miracle working power of God. Dunamis. Towards us who believe, towards those that are in faith. As, as able as Enoch, as Noah. Was God's hand too short to save Noah? No, no. The power towards us who believe. According to the working energy of his mighty, that's iscus, that's that divine backbone, power, that's Kratos, which is dominion, according to his mighty power, his mighty dominion, which he worked in Christ, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, and seated him. He's the seated Christ. The work is finished. He is the seated Christ at his right hand in the heavenly place, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. and every name that is named, not all in this age, but also in that which is to come. And all things we now put under His feet and we are part of the body of Christ under our feet. And He goes as far in chapter 2 to say that because of His, in verse 4, of His great mercy towards us. That when we're dead in trespass, trespasses, dead in sin, He, God, made us alive. He, God, made you alive. He, God, made you alive. Don't struggle with living. Don't struggle with living. He made you alive. I break that spirit of death, all of us, all off of all of us. We have been made alive, made alive, quickened, in Romans, Paul writes, by this raising. I don't want to go too fast because a lot of these verses are very familiar to us. But what are we talking about is epignosis. We're talking about a knowledge. I'll break it down. I'll look at the Greek word, what it means. An application knowledge to walk out that which you believe. And it's a function of the Holy Spirit. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Pure mercy, pure mercy. And raised us up together. And so where he is far above, we are far above. Up on top of the world. In dominion. In this divine rulership. us up together what does that look like that looks like a sound mind that looks like no fretting that looks like when the fretting comes and the assault comes you shut it down no no because you walk above it you've dominion over it we've been raised up together and made us made us to sit together in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. What grace! He did the work. All we do is we believe this finished work. And when we believe, there is a great, exceeding power working towards us. Oh, la We, 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 all we do is believe. The fight of faith to believe. Because we have an adversary that always comes for the sake of the word. As soon as the word is planted, he'll bring a, bring a distraction. He'll distract you. He'll bring a care. He'll choke that life of the word so you spit it out and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not for me. Christianity, you. Foolishness. Foolishness. How can you believe something you don't see? How can you believe Foolishness go to church, go to church, foolishness. Don't oh, hypocrite, foolishness. Yeah, there's a great adversity to faith. Hey, <laughs> who lives in us now? The overcomer of the world, Jesus. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way to the Father. And he came and did the work. He came and did what the Father showed him, a finished work. He came and said what the Father showed him, life. His words are life. And when he completed the assignment said, it is finished, he went down to the pit of hell. Oh, I love it. Colossians 2 is my favorite. And defeated powers and principalities and triumphed mightily over them. Ha, ha, ha. Resurrection might infused him and raised him. And then we know after he walked earth for a few days, he ascended. 40 days. He ascended on high and sat down at the right hand of majesty. This is our reality. This is our persuasion. This is what we believe and we hold on to faith. And after 10 days, a mighty Holy Spirit was released and came and filled the envelope of the world. word and they were filled and these cloven tongues of fire rested on them and they spoke in other tongues and other languages. God, who is God? God is not in a little box in your little local church. God is the Resurrector. God is our High Priest. God, God, God is our sustenance. And in His mighty grace... In the ascension of Christ, in the sitting of Christ, we together with Him were raised and seated. Do you believe it? You need and I need our eyes of understanding to be unveiled more and more so we can walk out this dominion on earth and be a life saver, be a life giver. Carry forth this ministry of reconciliation. Crying out, be reconciled to God. Jesus is the only way. And it's not legalism. He is love. But it's the only way. It's the only way. Narrow is the way. You have to forsake your old life. Let's read. I want to do Ephesians 1. Oh, at this moment, maybe we just touch the very surface of this verse, but that's okay. 117. We'll touch 117 and then we'll see where we go. So the concordance, Paul is asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, may give you, may give you a spirit, may give you spirit, which is wind, breath, spirit of wisdom. And this is the word I said, Sophia. It is insight, skill, human or divine intelligence. The word wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. It's, I love this part. The word study of it is the art of using wisdom. The art of using wisdom. He's praying after having heard of, of their life of God in the midst of Ephesus, of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love for the saints. He's saying, I'm praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom, this ability, this art of using wisdom, and a revelation, and here's the word a revelation. It's apocalypsis, of course, and it is an uncovering. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation, an uncovering. The word study is revelation, unveiling is principally used of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who is the word, the word, especially a particular spiritual manifestation of Christ, his will, previously unknown to the extent because it was veiled or covered. You see, as we walk in this walk of transformation from glory to glory, we, 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 we are being granted access, greater access into the mysteries of God into the knowledge of God, and that's where he's going to line it up, that this revelation and this divine wisdom of of an art of using wisdom, it is to be in revelation in the knowledge of Him. It's regarding knowing Him more. You know, when we say, I, I want more of you, God, really what we are, our hearts are crying for more revelation of the one true God for a greater unveiling of the reality of Christ's nature within us, the nature of righteousness. And then we go to this word epignosis, and it's the Greek 1922, and I'll break this down. It's knowledge of a particular point directed toward a particular object. It's purposeful. Perception, discernment, recognition, intuition. The word study of 1922 epignosis is um, properly stated contact knowledge that is appropriated to first hand experiential knowing. It is to do with experiential knowing of God. So when I, when God gave me the title, the light of knowing Him, it is to really live in His uh, fullness of a light and have fellowship with light, have fellowship with Him, just as John wrote in 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 John, First uh, John, the Epistle, First John, Chapter One. Let's go there. In verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. In him, there is no shadow of turning. In him, there is no doubt. In him, there is no fear. In him, there's no regret. In him, there's no remorse. In him, there's no longing to go back. In him is only a light. <laughs> if we, and he, let's say, um, if we say that we have fe- fellowship with him and walk in darkness, See, unbelief is darkness and robs us of fellowship with God. Because the power that's demonstrated in Ephesians that we read in chapter 1 was towards us who believe. Do you know why? Because that moment you're one with God. And as he is, so are you on earth. So light is driving out all darkness in your life. That's what he's going to say here further down. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So how do you walk in light? By practicing the truth. How can you practice the truth? You come back to epignosis. It's this experiential knowledge. It is Sophia is this, this revelatory wisdom. The art of using wisdom. This is how you walk in light. It's this divine discernment of epignosis. This is how you walk in truth. How do you know how to walk in truth? You're to the unction of the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. And he always leads you into truth. This is all of God. This has nothing to do with the carnal nature of human understanding. (laughs) This is divine transformation. That you have to be patient in this transformation from glory to glory. And one thing you do is you decide you don't lean on your own understanding of carnality. Well, so and so sister, so and so was so spiritual. This is what you said about God. Well, she could have been right, but she could have been misguided too. But when you come and you meditate the truth of the word, you now have the full function of the Holy Ghost to renew your mind, to transform you into this purer, purer, purer image of Christ, to walk in truth so you have fellowship with the one true God who is light. Does it make sense? Verse 7 would wrap it up. But it would wrap up what I just said. But if we walk in the light, which we know his word is light, right? Thy word is light. His word is light. If we walk in this word, again, how do you walk in this word? It's what Paul prayed through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you see how important these prayers were? When he heard the brethren walking in God, he, it moved him to pray even deeper revelation for the brethren. So they'll continue that strong walk. You don't ever take it for granted. You don't ever assume you're so far ahead in God, you can just, you just can just, 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 just slack off a little bit. But the ultimate danger' it's how we slip. That's why Paul's prayers, the eyes of understanding be opened up that we'll know him more. In Ephesians and Colossians are very similar prayers. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what fellowship with one another. And look, and the blood of Christ functions in this divine light. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, does what? Cleanses us from all sin. Sin is darkness. And so light is driving it out through the function of the blood of Christ. Oh, my. If if I just chapter two verse five, whoever keeps his word truly the love of God is perfected in him, and by this we know that we are in him. His divine abiding. I will wrap it up. I I'll wrap it up because I really want to. I came across this old devotional I had printed out uh, from a man of God, and it's titled Epignosis. The highest kind of knowledge, epignosis. This was the word that Paul used here in Ephesians 1:17. that the eyes, let's see, where was it? I'll read the whole verse again, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, in the knowledge of him, the title being what? the light of knowing him in the knowledge of him and that word knowledge of him the knowledge is epignosis epignosis this 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 devotion the title is the highest kind of knowledge why because it's that working knowledge right it's through 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 being in contact with the source knowing how to walk it out when you receive christ into your life and the holy spirit takes up his abode in you he comes and takes residence in us right you are brought into a new kind of knowledge you're brought into a new kind of knowledge when the holy spirit takes residence in you you now have access to this divine knowledge which has nothing to do with your intellect it has nothing to do with your intellect The revelation knowledge of God's word is unveiled to you. Things the human mind cannot easily perceive. Things the human mind cannot easily perceive. For instance, the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. The human mind goes tilt, tilt, tilt. Yeah, whatever. But the Holy Spirit in you now gives you revelation of this truth. There was an immaculate conception. The Holy Spirit came upon her. And she conceived this divine seed of the Lord Jesus Christ. That a son was given and a child was born. Merry Christmas. That's a Christmas story right there. Glory be to God. The virgin birth of the Lord Jesus, it's unveiled to your spirit. The Greek word for this kind of knowledge, this, this this revelation knowledge of understanding the word of God, understanding the word of God is true, it's called gnosco. It is revelation knowledge, gnosco. After that, after gnosco, you're brought into awareness. Once you know the word is truth, you're coming into this divine awareness, which I call reality. A different kind of knowledge that shows you all the wonderful blessings God has deposited in your life, that you now are an heir with Christ you now have an inheritance in Christ. It is like when you enter a dark room and the lights are turned on, you become aware of all the things in the room. Suddenly you know what's yours. That was part of the prayer, right? That we'll know what's ours in Christ, that Paul prayed in Ephesians. This is another form of revelation, which in Greek is called ido, A-I-D-O, ido. I do knowledge. It means knowledge with awareness. I'm aware. I don't just have an understanding of the Christ birth, but I'm also aware I'm born again. It's not enough, however, to be merely aware of all the wonderful blessings God has bestowed on you. How many are in this moment? They know, and there's a heightened frustration. They don't know how to walk it out. And I'll tell you what the key to that is, a lack of meditation of this word. When you spend time in the word and you eat the word, you ponder it. That's why often I'm really not for reading plans. Unless the Holy Spirit has instituted one to my own personal reading. And, and he does that at times for a divine purpose. But I meditate the word. I sit before the word. Like I'll sit like, like Mary before Jesus at his feet. And I'll read and I'll hear his voice. And I'll let it, I'll let it speak to me. And I'll ponder it. And that word has inherent ability now to propel you into action. And those are the works of faith. That's what we're coming into. It's not enough, however, to be merely aware of all the wonderful things and blessings that God has bestowed on you. You have to start enjoying or living in those blessings to appropriate to walk out your salvation before God. You have to participate in your awareness. You have to participate in your awareness. This is where another kind of knowledge, which in Greek it's called epignosis. Epignosis knowledge, which was what did we look, the, the word was contact knowledge that is appropriated to first hand experiential knowing. You have to participate in your awareness and this is epignosis. Epignosis is knowledge with participation. You've gone to school, you know, you know now how to fix a computer. It's time to fix the computer. You're aware you have some skill and ability to fix it. Now you gotta apply it. Right? It is revelation knowledge that comes to you full through your participation in that knowledge. So as you're walking it out, you're endowed with understanding of how to walk it further. Through epignosis, you understand how to apply the knowledge you've received and the power behind that revelation. This is an insight into God's mysteries that the Holy Spirit would preview you into. This is a development of your spirit, man, to be able to apply the very glory of God that God has granted you. This is about you demonstrating the power of God on earth. This is the power hour right now for the body of Christ where Paul has prayed these prayers and they're coming into fruition, buddy. They're coming into manifestation. This epignosis, this knowledge of walking out this divine wisdom on earth. It's what the sons of God look like. It is the ultimate unveiling of dominionship. It's the ultimate unveiling of sonship. Then Romans 8 says, all of creation is yearning, crying for a manifestation of the sons of God. It is this epignosis. It's a functioning of the Word of God, displayed through a vessel yielded to the Holy Spirit. And so what? What is that? Goes back to what? Goes back to Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is. What is faith? Evidence. It's an assurance of divine hope of things that are not, there actually are, that be not as though they were. It's a knowing that is of God, a walk that is of God. And let's finish off here. Through epignosis, you understand how to apply the knowledge you have received and the power behind that revelation. It is the highest kind of revelation knowledge it's the highest kind of revelation knowledge. So often we stop at Nosco. Oh, I the word got quickened to me. Yay! Make three fun calls. Let me tell you what Holy Ghost quickened. Well now, we gotta go a little deeper now. We gotta become aware of what He has quickened, which is idol. You gotta become aware. What does you go deeper, you submerge, you dive in deeper, you allow the word to marinate you. And when it has reached its full measure, it pours out in a demonstration of the word working epignosis. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So it's no longer you who does the work, but who? God in you. That's how you do it. That's how you can make sense of the book of James and not go into some carnal actions and give all your possessions to the poor. Because Jesus said so to the rich young so I'm going to prove to Jesus how much I love him. I'm going to give everything away. Unless he tells you don't do it. It's a vanity. If he tells you, do it. Just like Mary said, whatever he says, you do it. Almost done. Almost done. I don't want to be done. Um, this is it. This is it. It is the highest kind of revelation knowledge. It comes to you through meditation. When you meditate the word of God, when you situate yourself on that chair of the word, when you take your seat in the word and don't budge, when you still yourself and know him as God, and you allow your mind to be conformed to the word of God. Functioning with epignosis will bring you to the realm will bring you to the realm where you operate in the fullness of God. huh? But you know, that knowledge is reached through meditation. That knowledge is reached through the working of the Holy, Holy Ghost transformation as you have submitted yourself to the Word of God and have allowed the Word to renew your mind. So you be transformed now in the image of the word of God. So this, the function of epignosis will bring you to the realm where you operate in the fullness of God, and that's the will of God for you. And, and he quotes Ephesians 3.19, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. No wonder the apostle Paul prayed in Colossians 1.9 for God's children to be initiated into this kind of knowledge. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge, epignosis, that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you walk out that which you know of God. And there's a prayer we can pray. Dear Father, thank you for granting me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. You have initiated me into the specialized knowledge that enables me to function in your fullness. Thank you for granting me the epignosis of your will. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Actually, I'll do, can I just, one verse just jumped to my mind and then, well, this is it, we're done. In Colossians 2, there's another moment where he uses it to, to, Okay, let's go to one. Um, Paul writes to to the Colossians. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have seen my faith in the flesh. This is this is heart's desire that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge, this is the epignosis, to the knowledge of the mystery of God. Oh my. Both of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Ah, this is what a Christian looks like. A marvelous creation of God made to function in the fullness of God. And epignosis is the key. Amen. We're done. Thank you.